Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Total Information AM. You may know our next guest for her Love Out Loud movement. Nicole Gibson is an author, an entrepreneur. She's also investing her energy in biotechnology, including artificial intelligence. So tell us a little bit about, first, your your Love Out Loud movement, because you've got a book, um, you've, you've traveled and, and spoken extensively about your philosophy for life. Love Out Loud was initially an attempt to consolidate years working in mental health, both both at a federal government level and also at a really grassroots level through um, my first company, which was a nonprofit, and really just seeing that um, in so many ways we were overcomplicating uh, a social challenge that needed our compassion and needed us to to really get present maybe to some of the things that a lot of us weren't willing to look at um but really that was going to be the thing that that got us to a new place in this whole conversation and I I really didn't anticipate that it was going to turn into this global movement and now uh an education company and and biotechnology and it was really driven by people and I think that that that's one of the things that I find most special about about the story. You were a commonwealth commissioner in in Australia on health so I'm assuming that that some of the ideas that you're bringing to this now and, and the technology that you're developing maybe comes from that experience. Exactly. Yeah. You know, working at those levels and, and managing very significant budgets, advising very significant budgets. For me, that experience showed me very, very clearly the the, the realities of how reactive our system really is in health. In particular, 97 cents of every dollar is spent in health, and I think the statistics are, are very similar in the States, on crisis intervention. And when you see that, and you also, as an entrepreneur, you see that these spends are often deficit spends, so that money is going into quote-unquote solutions that are actually just creating a, a more magnified problem year on year. For me, that was a massive key driver to want to create um, foundations, whether that be philosophy or more tangible solutions like like technology, that puts the power back in the hands of people and and drives change at a from a different perspective and a, and a different angle. Well, let's talk then about your vision of how AI could be part of that, could change medicine and how we interact with the medical system. Yeah, so it's it's a big it's a big question. It's a big conversation, and artificial intelligence, um, from 
my experience in health. This is this is the first time that I feel extremely confident that we're going to be able to move from a system of reactivity and diagnosing once the symptoms are, are really, you know, loud in an individual to something that's truly predictive and therefore preventative that's driving behavior change at a level that um, is really personal and kind of avoids the the need for such a heavy dependence on um, things like pharmaceuticals and and ultimately very expensive interventions once health is is kind of out of hand. How much criticism or questioning at least are you receiving from people who say that you know technology can't replace the human intuition of of the physicians that we rely on, for example? I think that that's a, that's really reasonable and fair criticism, and I think we should um, we should be open minded about how these two things come together. And I think it's very human to kind of be on the precipice of great change and feel things like fear. And many practitioners, like I know, we we've consulted with many um, practitioners, especially in the mental health space, but really a lot of different frontline health practitioners. Um, and had that kind of mirrored of different responses all the way from a sense that you're trying to replace what we do through to a very different mindset, which is this is a tool that can really help us do our job better with more specificity to actually get uh, better and drive better results and better patient outcomes. And I think uh, well, what I would like to see is is this attitude be more widely adopted because um, – human error is you know a part of being human and um there's only so much processing power a human brain has there's only so much time a doctor has when they're doing the the consult especially a general practitioner these technologies are going to just allow for visibility um and literally just data processing at at such a high level that it's something really we should embrace, you know, it's something that we can work with. It's a tool. It's, it's not necessarily something that's, that's going to replace humans, but I think it's going to change the way humans work within, within health and, and really in, in all systems that AI is set to disrupt. What's your vision as to how this might change the balance of power between a patient and a physician or just at least give individuals more power over their health? Yeah, such a great question. You know, I think, again, there's actually a consensus definition now within health um, that there's an agreement that health really is agency, and yet that's so rarely felt and seen, I believe, in, inside the, the medical system. When an individual's empowered with information throughout their day-to-day lives, they're no longer needing to sit, you know, in a doctor's office waiting for those results. Just think about that experience, especially if you're navigating something um, severe or, or chronic, the anxiety, the uncertainty. One of the major shifts we will see is that people are going to have access to their biometric data. People are going to have access to, to health data at a very different level and it's going to remove that that not dependence but i think the exactly as you said the the power dynamic between the patient and the doctor 
And the hope is the patient becomes, through being more informed, a lot more proactive, a lot more able to have agency and drive the outcomes of, of their treatment, whatever that may be, and really just their general health. It's not just relevant inside chronic health challenges, just behaviorally day to day. That is the most difficult thing that um, health has yet to really have much influence over. You know, we, we have incredible technical revolutions um, left, right, and center in health all the time, and yet it's human behavior. It's getting someone to really look at what are they doing day to day that's impacting their overall health and the aggregation of those decisions. Because human behavior is complex. Uh, how do you inspire human behavior in, in a really kind of intrinsic way? Um, my view is that when someone has that level of awareness, you, we will see drastic behavioral change because it's it's personalized to them. Whereas I think the landscape we have been in is there's a information overload and uh, people don't really know where to begin. And I think this will really simplify that that journey for, for many people that feel overwhelmed when they think about their health. Nicole, where can our listeners get more information on your work and philosophies? Yeah, so if you want to learn about the tech we're developing, you can go to intruth.io. And uh, my broader work, just NicoleGibson.com, you'll, you'll find most of those things on my website or you, you're fine to look me up on any of the social media platforms. Nicole, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.